I had met John in New York and his wife, and he was playing ordinary people, and I had an out-of-body experience when I was watching him, and I was catering at the time, and I put down my champagne bottle like on a random table, and I just stood there and watched him, and I went zeroed in. It was like something was speaking to me, and I watched him play ordinary people, and I went, I am going to work with that man. And I'm never coming. Lana Love. Brazil. What is your experience of life this very moment? It's everything, everywhere, all at once. Mm, I love that movie. Me too. That was such an amazing movie. It was. A friend of mine did lighting for that. We interviewed him on the podcast. It's coming out in a couple weeks. Oh, nice. Skater buddy of mine. I love that concept in the movie about how you can connect to these other versions of yourself. Yeah. That have these other superpowers. Yeah. I kind of feel like we tap into that as artists. Right? We do. Because we see more than what's on the surface. Yeah, we absolutely do. Anytime you close your eyes, you can go somewhere else. Yeah. You know? When did you know singing was going to be a real thing for you? I knew at um, basically out of the womb, <laughs> I want to say. My mom used to hold a tape recorder of Phantom of the Opera to her belly. And when really? she was pregnant she legit with me, did that. legit. And I came out practically singing opera. I mean, when I was four years old, we had a, a baby grand in our um, that was gifted to us. Baby grand piano. Mm-hmm. And it was in our living room. And I just sat on the piano one day and started playing music of the night by ear when I was four. So it's kind of strange. Yeah. But I think I always knew as a kid what I wanted to do, and then I I just followed it. I begged my mom for voice lessons, and then when I was nine, she finally caved, and- So you were the one that asked. She wasn't trying to push you into being an artist. Not at all. She was just the facilitator of that. No one in my family had anything to do with the arts. They're all in, my mom's a realtor, my dad is a an engineer, mechanical engineer, and I was the- the one, the black sheep that just loved it and I couldn't do anything else. Now, every kid has these passions when we're young, but at some point our parents tend to tell us to go get a real job. What yeah. was that conversation like? And did they know that it was gonna be a career? I think they just didn't understand. And as much as they were supportive, they also didn't want me to have a hard life. Which is understandable. Yeah, yeah. it is. Um, but they did allow me to be me. You know, they allowed me to go for it. My dad less so because he just really didn't get it. My mom was more, <laughs> you know, she was a dancer when she was younger. So she she kind of, she told me one thing um, when I was, I want to say I turned 21 or 22. And she said, you're living the life I wish I had, but I was able to give to you. That's amazing. And that was really really special and she meant it in a really kind way you know it wasn't a you know oh i i will a jealous way or anything like that it was just like she was able to provide that for me and she you know my mom was both my parents were super poor we were as kids my little sister and i you know we we didn't have um the means to do a lot of the things you know that we wanted to right so my mom scraped together as much as she could. She was a single mom. Yeah. So we just, we had a really, um, a blessed upbringing in that I've come from having everything and then nothing and then everything and then nothing again so many times Yeah. in my life and that. Um, and then it's like, when we say we have everything, it's like it, sometimes resources isn't the best thing to have. Yeah. Because sometimes when people have too many resources, they become kind of lazy with it. Totally. Right? But when we have that, we have that love and support, but we know that we're missing, oh, if only we could do this, we start to, our yearning for it creates the energy that makes it happen. Yeah. The, it's a blessing. All the pain, all the trauma, all the stuff, If that is the superpower, right? Like when we close our eyes and we can go to another place, like we carry all that with us, I yeah. feel like. And we can 
choose and we're almost like forced to choose a better way for ourselves and it almost defines us even more absolutely the good stuff doesn't really define us yeah you know what i mean it's like okay great i got that accomplishment okay what's next you know there's always that constant expansion that's happening in both directions good and bad whatever you deem it but the body doesn't register good or bad it just registers how far you've flung yourself from your meridian that's an interesting right? point you're like your sole purpose yeah so. what is your sole purpose more simply put my sole purpose and i think everyone's sole purpose is to expand the planet one more iota but me specifically what does that mean what do you mean by that when you say expand the planet put more into the vortex do more to have more ideas more new stuff create create express. yes where does creativity come from you think ethers no one really knows like when you have a great song and you have many great songs where did it come from you. like you do you hear them and then play them yeah they come in the form of non-resistant thought so i have to be in a space where i'm easy i don't have a lot of things circling in my mind a lot of times it's when i'm walking or driving or doing some remedial activity yeah and then my mind is off the doing of something you know what i mean mm -hmm. or i'm forcing it to think i i'm really letting those forceful ideas go and letting something new come in so i think it's space creating space for it to come in yes like when our mind is too busy chattering 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 yes it's too crowded for a great idea to come through totally the and noisy neighbor this, they right? do yeah. yeah yeah so it's it's getting to that place of peace not total peace but just a place yeah. a place where you allow space for the ideas to come yes that's now, the only way now do you actually hear melodies like yes. do you, you actually, it's like you, you hear the song before it exists or do you have a feeling that you express with your fingers on the keys and then you figure it out? Oh, that's such a good question because I really don't know. It comes different every time. Okay. And I think most artists will tell you that too. Sometimes it starts with the chords. Sometimes you're just noodling around. Sometimes you're walking on the street and most of the time it's something that's either preemptively going on in my life that hasn't happened yet that I'm writing about. Okay. Or something that I'm trying to get over. I try to write for the song I wish I had. Mm. I always try to write from a place where I've already overcome the issue that I'm dealing with because I feel like I can either perpetuate the problem by continuing to think about it and write about it or... I could skip into another universe where I've already figured that out. So you so. channel a connection to the solution of the problem or to the to the, tri the triumph of the feeling. Yeah. And then you create from there. Yeah, I try to do that as much as I can. Sometimes I get in, you know, wallowy, solemn land yeah. for sure. But those songs normally aren't as good. <laughs> Do you ever have this feeling like when you hear a song, you can't imagine life without it? Yeah. Or like when you hear an amazing melody or something, you're just like, ah, oh, now that you've heard yeah. that melody, you're yeah. like, I can't imagine. Yeah. Like not knowing the color blue or something, right? It's like once you once you feel it, it's there. Yeah. <coughs> totally. Why is it that great music sounds great? Do you understand what the question I'm asking here? Like, why is it that when you make something great, other people are like, oh yeah, yeah, it is great. Like, what actually is happening? Why do we agree on? great melodies mm. well melody in particular in specific is I, I think it's more connected to the truth and the honesty coming from the person and how receptive they were when they got on mic and sang it and that's what we hear mm. that's what we are attuned to it's a game of honesty yes doesn't matter what the melody is it's how truthful the person was when they delivered the message that's so powerful which is why i think auto-tuned allowed so many non-singers 
to make good records. Yeah. Because even though they're, they don't have the talent of singing, yep. they are at least trying to authentically express themselves. Mm-hmm. And that tool takes that, when it's done right, uh, uh, imperfect but authentic expression. Kanye. Yeah. He's not a singer. Right. But 808s was but very... he's the truth. It, it was emotionally His very truth. truthful. Yeah. He was connected to that, that space we're talking about. He was allowing something greater than himself to come through him. And I think we're all fighting for that every single day. Yeah. To varying degrees of what we can allow in. Yeah. Because the best art is not perfect. It's just honest. Yeah. Right? Like the good take in the movie or even when you see a live performance of an artist. it's It's not about it being, what is perfect? What even is it? But is it real? And if it's real to them, yeah. If they're really feeling it, it comes through. Even like a great comedian too, it's, right? It's all like, a, like Bill the Burr, same. like when he's telling his jokes and he sounds like he's upset about something. He's really channeling. Yeah, he's not even making that joke up. He actually feels no, that yeah, way. Yeah, he like, actually feels like, that way. Hey, you want to piss him out? And it's yeah. like, and it's real. Yeah, and even if you don't agree with it specifically, you can see that he's he's really expressing himself. There's something to that. There is, and it's in dance, it's in acting, it's in this conversation, it's in our normal daily actions. It's yeah. just freely and truthfully expressing yourself all the time. Yes. We will never be satisfied with anything less than that. And if we are operating from a place that is less than that, we feel it. Mm-hmm. We feel that inauthenticity coming off of us. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the best way to dance at the club is to really imagine that nobody's watching. Like just do whatever yeah. it is. Yes. Like there really is no doing it wrong. Unless you're maybe I guess if you're like doing salsa dance, your partner dancing, where you're like you're stepping on toes. But if you're just, if music is playing and you can just shut everybody out and just have your moment, it looks good. It no does. matter how bad of a dancer you are, if you're just having your moment. Yeah. Yeah. Because totally. you're watching another human just being free, and yeah. that's attractive. Mm-hmm. It is, because we're all trying to get to that place. Yeah. No matter if we're dancing or sitting at a desk, you know, it's all the same thing. Quote once has said that art is the lie that tells the truth. (sighs) The game of honesty. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah. I love that. Oh, it's juicy. Opera singing. Mm. You're really into that, huh? I trained for a long time in opera. I couldn't do it because professionally. I could, a lot of people pushed me to do that and I was a protege for many years as a child. But I I didn't like that it was so stuck. In its old ways? Yeah. Okay. And there's something really beautiful about tradition. Yes. But I think I was always meant to break tradition. Mm. So my journey took me from classical to musical theater to pop you know, to it kind of to jazz. You to got rock. range. I, I did <laughs> I had to I felt like I had to do it all in order to find my voice. Yes. And it took me a long time to find my voice and I'm still finding it every day. Right. You know And you don't have to be limited to one or the other. Because you can no. learn things from this whole range of expressions. Yeah. Into what is uniquely you. You know, um, we were just watching the trailer for uh, the Whitney Houston movie right before you here. And she was saying that she was like, um, in the trailer, like, I don't know how to sing black. I don't know how to sing white. I just know how to sing. Like, it's she's just expressing. Don't put it into a category. It's just expression. Yeah. Oozing out. Yeah. And she was the queen of honesty through voice. Exactly that, right? Yeah. It's not, I'm in this box or I'm in this box. And I think that was the problem I had with opera was that I was in a box you know, you learn this set of rep and you know these roles and, yeah. and you sing in German and Italian and nothing, you know, there's no room for error. Yeah. You know, it's it's truly perfection. Um, and that's what everyone's kind of seeking in that, which is why I think it's dying out because nobody wants perfection anymore. <laughs> is, are there um like requirements for singing opera that like people either physically have or don't have? Like to play in the NBA, you have to be tall. Right. Sure. There's a height. There's a range of height, but yeah. you're not going to be five foot at, in the in NBA, right? Yeah. Like there's a limitation, and sometimes for ballet, there's also like different ankles and different body structures that help it. For singing opera, could anybody learn to do it, or is it either they have the 
whatever. Do you get what I'm saying yeah. there? Like, are, are there things that are like people are just born in a way that makes them better for singing opera? I I think we're all born inclined to do things. Um, I was inclined to opera for sure. I just emotionally was there was there a physical requirement like are there certain vocal cords that are just physically better for opera or is that I don't know you don't know okay I I some people are tone deaf <laughs> okay <laughs> but everyone can develop relative pitch to varying degrees I I think anyone can become a singer I do believe that because I've seen miracles it is happen it is okay but if you're gonna be Pavarotti or not you are born with your own tone do you like know a tone what i mean of voice. yeah just the way you speak even i always say singing is merely an extension of perfect speech it's just speaking on pitch so right with a rhythm or something yeah yeah even the way that we speak it's it's the same kind of thing yeah you know but it's just okay now i'm gonna speak <laughs> you know up here right, um nice. and take it you know wherever you want um, and I do think that tools can be developed, but you know, for me, I trained so much that I had, uh, I was stuck in like competitive land or like training land where I'm like, oh, that note wasn't perfect, mm. you know, competing with myself really. So it's been a endless chipping away process at all the things I was taught to get back to okay what's the truth yes what do i sound like when i'm just here talking and speaking rather but it's still good that pitch. you learned that stuff right you learned you learned the rules and now you learn to break them yeah. right throw them out now i try to throw them out as much as i can and it's hard because i was i spent my whole life being told you know well, that wasn't good placement or, you know, right. whatever technique, it was. Technique, 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 right? Yeah. It's almost like a ballerina going to do hip hop dancing, right? Exactly that. She's like, no more technique. No more. <laughs> I'm from the streets, man. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that, yeah. When I met you a few years ago, um, we were doing some stuff with the Panda Gang and I saw you singing and your voice was incredible. It is incredible. Thank you. And it's been so nice to watch you set your goals and see them manifest like one step at a time. It's like the Thank stuff you. that people put in their Instagram, like in theory, oh yeah, manifest. No, no, I've seen it happen. And Thank to you. see you now on like the world stage, it's it's pretty freaking awesome. Thank you. Let's I talk can't about believe that. it sometimes, but. What was the process of getting on The Voice and how was your experience? How'd you like it? It was incredible. Um, my process is going to be a lot different than everyone else's process, probably. Mm. Maybe not. But I had gotten to a point where I was done with the business. I was done with singing. I decided I was going to cash in. Um, I had really just pushed myself to the past the point of i was gonna say past the point of no return family opera oh my god my <laughs> brain but um but i had i had pushed myself too hard my whole life became about work and you know this about yeah, me relatable. <laughs> i work in silence right i never tell anyone what i'm doing right but i had worked so hard and for so little for so long and it just kind of wore on me and I didn't have the right people around me to do what I was really capable of. That's something really important to have the right people around you. And I had a lot of people around me that were really uncomfortable with my success. Mm. And it just drained me. So I had gotten to a point where I was done. I wanted to cash in and get a job at project management job at Spotify, something that I could do. I think I remember you telling me that. Yeah, I probably did. Yeah. Yeah, I got a work resume together. I had submitted like over 50 applications um, and I was hoping for something like that. And then out of the blue, I had um, someone DM'd me from The Voice asking if I was 
available next week and I was taking a Zumba class and like living my best life, <laughs> you know? And I just remember seeing it and thinking, is this real? And I like texted to my friend and go, I went, ha ha ha. <laughs> and because I didn't think it was real. It was like a spam thing. Yeah, right? that like, was we spam. We want you to be on The Voice. Yeah, I thought it was sure, like whatever. some random guy, you <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, yeah. whatever. And I said, sure, smiley face, because I didn't think it was real. Right. The very next hour, McNulty Casting reached out to me via email and said, hey, can you come in next week? I said, oh my God, I think this is real. <laughs> so I you know, signed like 50 contracts and I was able to be on it. Um, so it was, it was a very um, interesting experience as far as manifestation goes because I truly understood what it meant to really let it go. Mm. I really did. And, and to be honest with you, I felt like my dream was dying as that was happening because it was something I held on to and something that I've wanted since I was four a child, you know, and it is my purpose um, to do this. And uh, I, I just felt like I didn't have a purpose when I was gonna like check in my chips, you know, and and um, it, it God intervenes and she did. She did at that point in my life. And then John did. And it's funny because I told this story on The Voice, but I had met John in New York and his wife. And he was playing ordinary people. And I had an out-of-body experience when I was watching him. And I was catering at the time. And I put down my champagne bottle like on a random table. And I just stood there and watched him. And I went zeroed in. It was like something was speaking to me. And I... Uh, I watched him play Ordinary People and I went, I am gonna work with that man. I am meant to work with him. And maybe it's that truth thing that we're talking about because he has it all the time. Yeah. You know, he operates from that place. And seven years later, he turned for me, you know? Wow. So it's a pretty full circle moment. I kind of feel like I'm tying up all those loose ends in my life right now and it's it's cool. Who was the first person you told when you knew you were gonna be on the show? My mom. What did she say? She cried. She went, oh my God. You know, she was. My, um. My grandma had just passed away and my grandma and my mom really raised me. And so she said it was a gift from your grandma and it totally was. It's That's so incredible. Was. Yeah. That's life changing. Oh yeah. It's my life has been different since the show. You know, I, I had really struggled with confidence for a long time and the show kind of gave me that that boost. Yes. You know, and just Almost said, like that peer validation of other creators being like, yeah, we see you. Yeah. And I, I think I needed that. Yeah. I did. We all need validation. I think validation gets a the bad rep as a word. People are like, oh, you're just seeking validation. Well, it's like we're, we're tribal creatures. Like we need our fellow humans to validate some amount of us. We can't fully rely on that. Yeah. It can be the only thing externally. We have to validate ourselves too, but it is nice, especially when it's other creators. Yeah. Him being a piano player and singer, it's such, he, he was the perfect person. He was. And it almost seems preordained. Yeah. We also have the same birthday. Do you really? Yeah. That's trippy. So it's cool. Yeah. And then his tour in Las Vegas, which I went to go see, and he like took us backstage. It was really sweet. He's so sweet. He's an honest, good man. I will say that till the day I die. But he, um, on the back of all the jackets, it said love. It was love in Las Vegas. Wow. Isn't that neat? So you get on The Voice. It's life-changing. You're on TV. You're sharing your gifts. Did it feel how you thought it was going to feel? How did it feel? 
Were you able to be present when it happened? Did it happen fast? It was really fast. It was a lot. It was everything everywhere all at once. <laughs> it was like all the emotions packed into one moment because it it really is a pressure cooker. I mean, yeah, they, you know, make it hard for you to, <laughs> yeah, you know, have a an honest moment on stage because there's so much attention, pressure, hair, makeup for hours, your whole family's in town. You know, right. there's just like all these aspects. You've been confined to a hotel room for a month. You know, oh, they uh, they quarantine you. They quarantine us in a hotel room, so you yeah. couldn't leave the whole the room at all. We couldn't leave the room ten minutes a day, got a ten minute recess <sighs> a day. So it was mentally challenging. Then there's the pressure of like, okay, I made it this far. Am I going to get on the show or not? Because it really is blind. You do not know. You could be the best singer in the room and have a bad day. Right. You know, they don't, they can't say, oh, you're going, moving forward or you're not, you know, and there's five days of auditions. So hopefully you get within the first couple of days. Yeah. I was day three because I, I you know, or four, I was so late in the game that they just kind of slotted me in. And by the time I went on, a lot of the teams were full, you know, Yeah. so I w really was not sure. Um, but when John turned for me, I just remember my whole body mm -hmm. went into like, <laughs> like uh, I don't know. It went became a mummy. Like I was just like, yes, oh, like creative God. ecstasy. Just yeah, like, it was like I actually felt the hairs on my, you know, every hair that I have stand up. Like I'm shocked that my hair didn't go like this on my hand, <laughs> top of my head. <clears throat> And um, mm. it was really cute because they showed this clip of my mom like falling to the ground going like, oh, you know, it was just so cute. And and I think we both probably felt the same, like just emotional release. And then the rest of the song, I don't remember at all. <laughs> and the fact that they can press a button at any time is so nerve wracking, right? Because you're just like, it could happen any minute, but you can't hold for it. You have to just keep performing. You just have to keep going. Ooh. Yeah. So you really don't know. What a major moment in life. Yeah. And then they rush you off stage and they're like, how do you feel? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. Um, great. <laughs> you know, just like <laughs> yeah. my whole body went into shock. So for like a week until a week later when I'm like, okay, now I have to compete. Yeah. You know, and for the battle round, I was very sick. Really? Super sick. Aww. Didn't have COVID. But was just run down probably. Probably stay in the hotel too. All that. It was all yeah. of that. And um, to the point where they were going to have me FaceTime in. Wow. For the performance. And I said, no, <laughs> not doing that. <laughs> yeah. And they said, well, you need a doctor's note. So that morning, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to perform. And I went to an urgent care and I got a Russian doctor to sign off <laughs> and they don't sign off. So she was not going to. I had the show lawyer calling me, I had the manager calling me. Like it was a very stressful wow. experience because I really didn't know. And um, and I basically I said, do you have a daughter with a dream? And she just rolled her eyes and signed that Russian name right down. That's a great question to ask. <laughs> and I <laughs> and um and so I was able to perform. Wow. That's an amazing question to ask. You could save that for a few other cases too. Like, sorry, officer. Do you have a daughter with a dream? <laughs> sorry, sorry, officer. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I'm gonna use that more actually. <laughs> it's like, I don't have kids. Well, did you ever have a dream as a kid? <laughs> Do you? <laughs> Yeah, next time I get pulled over, that'll be my... <laughs> Brazi, Brazi, yes, yes. He's, happy. He's very happy for you. Yeah. Okay, so oh. you got to this major milestone in life. So what's next? Love that question. But more importantly, what's now? Right now, I, I've been traveling quite a bit, performing as much as I can. Um, in a few days, I have it. A show. It's actually my biggest show I've ever done, which is really cool. Aside from the voice, it's a ninety-piece orchestra show that I get to wow. headline, and uh, with Stephen Allen Fox and William Ross. 
and both of them are have done many movies and are wonderful and um so that's that's immediately next and then in the new year i have an ep coming out and i'm all new tracks yeah it's actually it's one song that i'm doing multiple different ways oh i like that so i'm i tuned the song and i cold dropped it on youtube okay tuned it to so it is available right now um what's it called parachute i like that it only opens after you jump there you go yeah so the song i tuned to 432 hertz that's the version that's out right now that is a healing frequency yes i love sleeping to those healing frequency videos me too i usually overlap that with like a little rain sound or something oh my god yeah <laughs> peace what like is it about out. that Okay, so there's actually science behind it. Okay, tell me. So they did a study, Dr. Yodo, I believe his name is. Dr. Yoda? <laughs> it should be Dr. Yo Yoda, right. something like that. Yodo. Okay, he's okay. He's also Japanese. So, okay. Yeah. Um, but our bodies are made up of 80% water. Okay. Facts. Facts. This is just facts. No cap. No cap. <laughs> So they did a study where they put two different water glasses in a room. They spoke loving words to one glass of water mm -hmm. and sang praises, played Bach, played music that was of healing frequencies. Okay, that's one side. The second side, we'll call this group A, group B. Group B, they played rock music, they played pop music, they played things that were tuned to 440 hertz, which is all of pop music standards. They said hateful things to the water glass. They did other, you know, right. just the complete opposite, right? Vibrationally. The water in group A, if you look under a microscope, it looks like the cells are little snowflakes, beautiful little snowflakes. Group B, the cellular structure of the water molecules went splat and looked coarse. So what do you think that's doing to our body? And I really thought about this because I'm like, why am I walking around anxious all the friggin' time? What is the one thing that I do more than anything? Listen to music. All pop music is tuned to 440 hertz. That does not line up with our cellular molecular stru structure. What hertz should we be listening to? 432. That 8 Which, hertz difference makes a big difference? It does. And that was the original tuning before 1935 when they changed it to 440 to control the minds of people. All right, now we're getting this into, is the, big. Into, the, into the good stuff. This is a big topic. <clears throat> right. Because when they figured out that our cellular structure doesn't line up with that, it actually makes you feel anxious. We do feel anxious all the time. We do. Right? Think of so many things we're focusing on from the news yeah. to everything going wrong. All We hear everybody's complaints and the music that we listen to. Yeah. It's yeah. all... That's our standard. So I it's just... It's almost like our baseline has become anxiety. Yes. And it has. And I've dealt with that my whole life. I think everybody has to varying degrees. I really have, yeah, you know, have overcome a lot of anxiety problems. I still have them. But I wanted to make something that made me feel better, <laughs> essentially. And the song itself is about letting go of the things and people that don't serve you anymore. And the parachute is that safety net of people who are just waiting for you to come down because they are uncomfortable with you flying above where they're at. Mm. And it, it really is a vibrational thing. It really is. And they can't come with you. And that's a, that's a, a sad known truth of success that sometimes as you're going up in your journey, you can't take everybody with you. Not that it's that they're better or worse or that you're better than them. It's just that not everybody's frequency, not everybody's going to resonate with your journey. Like you're not going to resonate with theirs yeah. for whatever reason. And Sometimes you do at times. Yeah. 
Sometimes when you're low, you call that friend that was with you when you were in the dumps. You know, and you go back there. Mm. And this, it's about the people that can come with you and not everybody can. And it is a hard truth and it's a really hard thing. It's been really hard for me to let people go who aren't right for me, but it's the only way that I can fully live out my purpose, fully live my highest self. And there's a difference between being right or being right now, you mm. know, because some people I think are only meant to be here for certain seasons. Yeah. We connect with them. We learn. Yeah. We have lessons, but then they're not necessarily going to be here for the next chapter. Yeah. And it's like, how many times are you willing to learn that lesson? Yeah. Because it shows up again. It keeps showing up. It keeps showing up and you yes. can make a different choice, you know, and that's that's what the song is about. That's what I hope to do. I hope to change the face of pop music in some way, in a small way, even just by introducing this conversation to the table because no one's really having it yes, right of, now. Of cleaning the literal frequency of the music. And cleaning from the inside out, not external. Mm -hmm. You know? What message would you want the world to hear if you could send a message that would land on everybody right now? What would you send? I would say, don't quit before the miracle. Mm. Don't quit ever. Have faith, essentially. Believe, if you can. Well, our beliefs control so much of our perception, right? Because you could have given up to the point to where you didn't even go to the voice. I almost did. I almost turned it down completely because I was that done. Do you think that you being almost done allowed you to detach from it a little bit? I do. I do. You know, like yes. like attract attraction without attachment, right? Like you were ready to detach from the dream. Completely. And once you let that go, you were able to get it in a different frequency. Yeah. From a non, like I have to have it. At this point, you're like, well. I can't, I can't do it. Yeah, you, 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 <laughs> you stop trying it. to control it. Yeah. I think, too, I had turned 30. Mm. And for some reason, which now I say I'm ageless, I, I don't really care if anyone knows my age. <laughs> you know, when they were asking me on The Voice, they were like, well, how old are you? I was like, ageless. They're like, we need an age. I'm like, all right, fine. <laughs> no, you want the truth? The truth is that I've been 30 years at this and I didn't make it to the point where I wanted and to the point where I felt good about my, you know, all the hard work I put in. And then it was just like hard work for nothing kind of felt like in a way. And I'm a Capricorn, so I like achieving things, you know, yeah. it's part of who I am. I, I want to be successful. I want to know that all those things that I did endlessly, like, meant something, you know? I think we all want that when we work on a project and we work so hard. So I think letting go of that, again, it's that it created a space for something to come in. I was also in a really good mood because I was in Zumba class. Mm. <laughs> you were taking care of your mind body. I was. And I, I decided, you know what? Screw it. I could sit at a desk from nine to five and make some magic happen for a, for a company or something. You know, it wouldn't be my own company. So let me just let me just do that. And I think releasing that tight grip allowed for yes it to come in yes it's it doesn't mean that the effort wasn't important because it was it is important it was. it's it is very important effort i think love of the effort is what makes greatness right like michael jordan was still waking up at four in the morning yeah. to go train yeah. more than his team and he was already the best yes right it's like you you gotta love the process but attachment and connection are two different things. Once you released attachment, you were able to connect with it more. Yeah. Because you were like, you know what? Well, I'm not going to. Yeah. No, no. Well, it's that anxiety it, it, it literally, it, it literally came to you. It literally came out of nowhere. And I had auditioned for. Or was it out of nowhere? Well, or was it ordained? Do you yeah. believe in destiny? I believe we are born inclined to certain things. I think our destiny can change and I think that we have the power to change it. Mm. 
but we're born with like a seed of interest in a certain direction. Yes. Yeah. And I think that the more we follow that, the more we are in line with our purpose. But our purpose can change. And we can change it. And our choices, our minute everyday choices make up that bigger web of possibility that, you know, we can pick a different lane to go in. And that's why I'm happy I explored all these different genres. Yes. I've explored every genre. Yes. I've literally. <laughs> like, yeah. So I, but it's cool because I pushed myself and I got, you know. Yeah. Step by step could understand this bigger web picture that is music and what really matters to me and what really matters and that's is, the most important it is because you'll go your whole life creating for other people and but not actually expressing yourself is that really success no because what we want to know about you who is lana like you said right that the honesty and the delivery in that moment in the mic tells us something about you yeah and the more you live the deeper we feel I think we feel all the experiences we've ever had. Like you can hear it in my voice. You can hear every single thing that I've ever experienced in my voice. Same with you. And yeah. people are drawn to that. And they may not know why. But it's there. It's a vibration. We are just vibrational outputs. That's why I wanted to make something that made you feel a little bit better. The song starts off with a sound bath. I like that already. And then the beat drops. There's binaural beats in there, tucked way, way, way in the back. We got to jam to this later. Yeah, so you won't know why yeah. you feel better, but you just will. And so when I put out the EP in January, January 20th, um, you'll hear a, four, four, a 440 hertz version of the song, yeah. a 432 hertz version of the song, and then how it was originally conceived on the keys. Oh, I was, I was so curious about that as a consumer to hear the same track on different frequencies, literally. Yes. Because I've heard songs feel. with remixes, but this is more intentional on the frequency. Yeah. I like it, Lana. You're innovating. Thank you. Appreciate it. I think you're, you, you'll hear a difference. You'll hear it and you'll feel it, more importantly. So I just hope to, you know, I, I stopped making music hoping it would go somewhere or you know millions of people would hear it i really did i started making it for what i felt i needed yes and what other people need too but, because but more authentically through but you authentically what i need yes yes and what i hope to give what i hope to leave the planet with those like big existential questions that we all ask ourselves like everyone asks yeah. Yourself. You know, you ask yourself that. Right. All the time. Like, what am I really doing? Like, what am I doing here? How can I leave the planet better? That's the most important thing. Whether it hits a million people more doesn't really matter. Yeah. That's that's just what happens as a result of it. It is. But you can't create it for that reason. Because no. there's been great pieces of art that aren't discovered till years later. There's been albums that have gone platinum a decade after they yeah. came out van gogh right <laughs> yeah which is amazing it's amazing it's just like right time and does it really matter i'm surprised Do u-haul you know hasn't I mean? done a campaign with van gogh like the van is going somewhere uh, you know like that would nice. be a great tie-in okay do you hear this <laughs> they'll take 10 percent We'll right, take 50 actually. <laughs> Every time you rent this specific U-Haul van, we donate to like an art project. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love this. Brazzy. Brazzy. Okay, okay. <laughs> Uh-oh. Come here, this way. Are you okay, Lana? Yeah, I'm fine. Sorry, no, it's all good. Okay, no, you're excited. Brazzy's known me for a long time, so it's just a love attack. He liked the Van Gogh idea. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I like that. I like it. <laughs> that also made me think of if every time um, people are talking about like, oh, let's think out of the box. Let's think out of the box. I wonder if people at U-Haul are like pissed because it's like we're making boxes uncool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, but we make boxes. Really, like, <laughs> really guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
you want to think outside the box, but everything is in a box. (laughs) 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 They're going to call you after this. It's so funny that if some people would write a book that says think outside the box, but you get the book delivered in a box. (laughs) You know, like. I'm really glad that this conversation has gone here. (laughs) Lana, what if there's uh, an aspiring singer out there listening to you right now? And they're unsure about their purpose, mm. but they know they have a voice that they want to emote with and they're shy, but they want to create more. What would you say to them, to the next aspiring creators, singers? Follow your impulse. It will never lead you in the wrong direction. Follow your gut. And if you don't have a gut yet, don't worry. Life will send you a <laughs> lot of different problems for you to develop one. Follow it. Follow what your interests are always because they will never lead you astray and you will spend the rest of your life dreaming and wishing you would have gone for it. Yeah. They used to, there was this quote, I think it was Jim Rohn who said it, the old school OG uh, motivator. He said that um, when people think that it's expensive to try, Right, oh, this is hard. Trying is hard. This is hard. It's like if you think trying is hard, wait till they send you the bill for not trying. A, it's, it's all it's all difficult. Yeah, it's on the it's in the hospital because you're so stressed out with the life that you've created for yourself. Yeah, you know, it's, essentially, it, 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 the difficulty is going to arise regardless. It will. It, like, it'll be hard whether you're sitting at a desk, cashing in your chips. Whatever it is that you want to do. Even if your dream is to have a kid, you could die having a kid. Like it's all potentially dangerous. Sure. Yeah. Well, we're all just like. like, So might as well if it's all just about as dangerous. And even the best case scenario, you're going to die anyway. Best case. Let's say it all works out. Let's say everything works out. It's still going to be a wrap at some point. Yeah. So between now and then, let's go for it. What do the dots in between look like? Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's it's. It's everything, right? Those dots in between. It's everything. It's like, what are we choosing to do while we're here? And I think everyone is ready for these kinds of conversations to be had. You know? Yeah. I think something happened after COVID and we were all took some time off Mm -hmm. of the hamster wheel. Yeah. And I think everyone had asked themselves at one point, what am I doing here that's going to make either make an impact or make the planet better in some way. Right. Whatever way that is, whether you're a mom, whether you're nine to five somewhere, whether you're, you know. Whatever. The the singer that's dreaming of doing this, you know, it's like, well, you have to follow that or else you will feel unfulfilled forever. Yeah, you can't repress those feelings. Feelings need to be expressed. They do. In all kinds of ways. And sometimes it's artistic. Sometimes you got to go take a boxing class and just hit something really hard. Like sometimes you just got to let it out. We can't repress our feelings. They have to have outlets. Yeah. We can only put the mask on for so long until it ends up eating your face. (laughs) Okay. Speaking of which, I have a hot take I wanted to share with you. Okay. I have a hot take about the Will Smith, Chris Rock situation. Okay. Okay. I think it was kind of a gift for culture Mm, in that. Will Smith is such an example of what is your ideal perfect person, right? Successful, tall, dark, handsome, positive, good family, da-da-da, achieved his dreams, succeeded. Yeah. Success. Yeah. And he had to pretend to be perfect for so long. And so many guys aspire to be like him, to be the one day I'll be this perfect man with the chiseled chest and all the girls are going to want me or whatever, right? Whatever their dream is. And But to see that here's a guy that has all of that, and even he had to crack. Yeah. So that unfortunate moment, obviously, I love comedians. I don't want comedians getting attacked. But by Will Smith having that break in front of everybody showed us that we all need to work on ourselves. I wonder how many men across the country signed up for therapy after that happened. Because mm. there's a lot of people that are like a day away from slapping somebody. Mm. Ooh. You know what I, I mean? Absolutely. How many people are like about to commit suicide or about to quit their job or about to slap their boss or whatever, whatever self-destructive pattern. People are like on the edge, barely hanging on. And then they see perfect guy go through it. And they're like, oh, shit. 
well, if he needs therapy and trauma release. How am I going to be okay? Yeah, then I need it as well. I, I, I hope that people see that as an example of it's exhausting wearing the mask. It doesn't mean it that I, I don't think he's being inauthentic when he's being positive because I, I believe that he is also he is a positive guy. It's just that he's a, a real human. Yeah. <laughs> Humans he have is. shit to deal with. Yeah, we do. And now we're seeing the crack of the perfection of facade of celebrities. I think of people in general. Yeah. But yeah, it's we see it more on a grand scale with them. You know, I think there's only so much pressure a person can take. Yeah. I do believe that before they crack. Yes. You know, and I, when there's a lot of hateful comments online, they see that too. And like, I don't know, I just urge everyone to be kinder. I think we need that. You know, we we all just really need to be kind to each other. We're not going to be perfect. Like straight, that's actually the answer. Like just, it's so simple. It really is. Because it could have a ripple effect. It does. Imagine you being extra kind to the one person, whatever, in line in front of you at Starbucks. And because you're extra kind to them, yeah. they won't get into a car crash. That won't traumatize a family. That won't, like, it could lead to so many things. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it's everything, actually. Yeah. And it, that's a vibrational output, too. You know, that it goes out. It is a ripple effect. And I... I tried for a long time in my life to be perfect. Mm. I still struggle with perfectionism every day. Right. Because my voice has got to be on point. And I will cut out everything in my day so that I make sure I sleep. I make sure I do. I have a whole list of things that I go down before I sing. Mm -hmm. I won't even talk. I won't look at emails. I want to be a clear channel. Right. So there's. All this like perfectionism, like must be this way. But that's not perfectionism. I see that's that's like is, creative strategy. In it a way. is creative strategy, but it can be taken too far. In that mm. I like will exile myself from life for a bit, you know, so that I make sure that I can deliver in a clear way to people. I feel that. You know what I mean? I go through it's patterns like, of exile too, or I just don't yeah. go out, don't see anybody. Yeah. Don't even respond to text messages. I'm just in my bubble creating. Yeah. Same. Same. Um, and a bit of that is healthy, but, you know, it can also be like paranoia and that isn't authentic either, right? That that super like hypercritical of your work, hypercritical of, you know, yourself. And even we were talking about Will Smith and what he has had to deal with, right? When you've got all this pressure and then the pressure that you put on yourself too, on top of that, I just have to believe that there's a better way. I have to believe that things will get better. Yeah. And I choose to believe that. I wanna believe that we can have it all. We can have success and be happy. We can have success and have a meltdown and have it be okay. We can have success and be honest in our expressions even if sometimes it's punching somebody in the face. I personally probably wouldn't do that, but for him, that was that was his truth in that moment. It was an honest expression of an imperfect human. It was. And Which is kind of what the whole point of being an artist is, in a weird way. It is. It is. It, it was wrong to do. Sure. But so many movies are made about people doing wrong things. <laughs> Most movies have the main character fucking up. Yeah. So now we see a real character fucking up in person and then we see, oh, that's bad. Well, it's like, well, I mean, it is bad, but also yeah, it's honest. Right. And is that okay? It's, it's, is uh, that okay for It's a people? trippy conversation because I have so many friends that are comedians and I don't want any of them getting hit. Yeah, well, we all right? have to be so careful of what we say now because right. it, you know, oh, you know, the next thing someone's going to say online, oh, Lana's okay with people punching other people. No, I'm not. I'm not condoning that at all. Right. What I am saying is look at the amount of pressure it took for that person to do that. That's a that's a good person deep down, yeah. you know? I believe Will like, Smith is a good person for sure. Based on the 40 or how, yeah. however old he is, but the years that he's put into the business being a kind person being, yeah. you know, a very elevated person. Yes. We don't ever know what people are going through, ever. Doesn't look like that on social media at all. We don't know what, 
you know people are dealing with yeah because we don't show it and we're so quick to do character assassinations mm. i feel like we forget that there's value in everybody right and we're so quick to say well i don't like the one thing this person says so therefore that entire person is bad yes when really your best friend could accidentally poison you sure somebody that you think is great could say something that really fuck you up and somebody that you think is horrible might be telling you the truth about something yeah you know i think i would love to see us have more compassion with each other and discern to say okay cool well i like you i don't like that you did this yeah and that i disagree with those actions but i'm not discounting your entire existence as a human yeah i feel like that would be a Probably a more effective way for us to understand each other too. We're also I, multifaceted. I, yeah, I make mistakes. Yeah. You and I even really you make mistakes too. Oh my god! Oh, <laughs> no, but your you and I's relationship is yeah. a beautiful example. Yeah, like we've had peaks and valleys. Yes. We've had yeah things. That, there's probably things about me that you're like, oh, I probably wouldn't do that, or you yeah, know, exactly. whatever, uh, whatever it is. But I know you, your heart. Yes. And that I resonate with. Yes. We may have different belief systems. Right. We have, I don't care if you're a Republican or Democrat or whatever it is. Right. I'm not putting you in a pile. I'm not putting you in a U-Haul box. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. In the Van Gogh box. I'm not box. putting you in the Van Gogh. <laughs> but you know what I mean? I yeah. think we all, if we can kind of expand our emotional awareness, our emotional intelligence, our capacity to allow other people to be themselves fully then we will be more at peace yeah because i mean to be ourselves to be fully inclusive you have to include the people that are exclusive yes you do or else you'll always have an issue right you know what i mean you'll always be thinking this person didn't do it the way i would have done it and oh. that has a presupposition that my way is the right way. Yeah. And it's not. There's no right way. Yeah. There's no like <laughs> linear path to life, you know? And also, if you look at the bigger scheme of things, so many times pain leads to good things. Like some of the best things that ever happened to me were hard moments because yeah. then they made me understand myself better and, and I learned from them. So when it happened, if somebody like cheated me or stole something or whatever, in the moment, it's like, oh, yeah, they're doing a bad thing technically. But that thing led to something great. So was it good? Was it bad? Does it mean they should keep doing it? No, but it's like there's residual effects of things. Depending on how you take it, yeah. Dave Chappelle had a whole bit about how what happened with Emmett Till was necessary for the freedoms that we have now. Mm. If Emmett Till hadn't gone through that and his mom hadn't shared the photo, yeah. that, that if something ho that horrible hadn't happened, then great things now wouldn't be able to happen. You know, yes, we it's, learn it's, by it's like a necessary, it's weird, right? That's it, not to say that people should do bad things, but when bad things have happened to me, they tend to lead to better things. Yeah, our trauma becomes our superpower. Right, make your mess your message, as they say. Yeah. Well, Lana, I appreciate you coming that. through. I feel like we could literally keep talking for like five hours. Yeah, we could. Because this is what our friendship was built on. So <laughs> yeah, I love it. I have so much respect for you. And I'm so juiced for you for manifesting, <laughs> womanfesting. Woman oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> for for, for your dreams. And, uh, <laughs> and now you're sharing your passion with the world. And Thank I'm so happy you. for you. Seriously. Like, Ditto. It's awesome to see. Ditto. Brazzy likes it too. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> He's actually he, he feels the love yeah. he feels the love i love you too baby and you know it's it, it, we've been on such a journey together it's really cool that we get to do this and that you know you're building a platform for positive conscious um consciousness and and we all need it we all need these honest conversations so because we kind of low-key have them anyway like our, especially our friend groups like when we have like our game nights and all the yeah. different singer friends and we, we all we all hang out and we just talk about life and it, it, it's this beautiful energy exchange that happens naturally in our community here yeah, so it it's does. like to see each one of the oh i see her succeeding i see him succeeding it's like ah it's nice yeah and we all rise up together yes and that's why we've stayed together too, yes. you know? Yes. Yeah, and it's amazing. I'm, I'm just, grateful for our generation of artists. Like Me too. Yeah. Because we really are on that wavelength. Yes. You know, I think, especially in, in LA, our, our friend group, it, it's a lot of people. I mean, it's probably- It's a lot what, of people, but it's funny because we all saw each other 
at the bottom yes, and we all we said did. we have dreams of one day doing this yeah. and it's like and now we're all doing it we're like oh shit this is real yeah it's really cool it's pretty love dope. It. I'm proud of you. <laughs> proud of you too. Lon, thanks for coming through. And the name of the EP is Parachute. It is. Coming out January 20th. 20th. Amazing. I'll be on my way to Costa Rica, so I'll be jamming that on the airplane. Ooh, enjoy. Take photos for me. Yay. Yeah. Thank you so much. This is Lon Love, everybody. Thank you for having and me. I'm never coming. Keeps pulling me Just cut these strings Cause I'm never coming